Hello listeners, this is Jacko's Wetsuit. Before we get started, a request to you all, NK News is running another survey about this podcast. Thank you to everyone who took part in the survey last time. We're doing another survey now to give us more clarity on ways that we might develop the podcast so that it better appeals to a crowd that is not currently listening to it. So please take a couple of minutes to visit nknews.org slash survey and fill out the answers. It really would help me and the team at NK News to put out the best quality product that will help us to grow our audience and achieve my long-stated goal of getting 1% of Joe Rogan's listenership. Podcast listeners, welcome to NK News Podcast. I'm your host, Jacko Zwetslut, and today it is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. I'm joined here by Ungu Lee and Unju Kim from Freedom Speakers International to talk about the work of that organization in helping refugees who have escaped North Korea to tell their stories in English. But first, please, a request and a reminder to leave a review about this podcast episode on whatever platform you use and share it with everyone you think should listen or who might be interested. And what's more, like and subscribe to the whole series. Second, check out nknews.org, where each day my journalist colleagues write the best in North Korea-focused journalism. A subscription for a year costs less than a dollar a day, which helps to fund their work and also this podcast. Thirdly, you can follow nknews.org on Twitter and me at JackoZ. Now, to introduce my two guests today... Ungu Lee is co-founder and co-president at Freedom Speakers International, formerly the Teach North Korean Refugees Global Education Center. She's an expert and advocate for North Korean human rights, North Korean refugee integration, and capacity building. And Unju Kim is a North Korean refugee communication specialist at FSI. She's come from North Korea to South Korea. At the same time, she's the co-author of A Thousand Miles to Freedom, and she's currently taking a graduate course at Korea University, where I once studied, majoring in sociology, focusing on North Korean women refugees. Welcome on the show, Ungu and Unju. Ah, Thank you. Thank you for inviting. (laughs) Oh, and of course, I forgot to remind our listeners that uh, everyone can find Freedom Speakers International online at FSI21. That's FSI21.org. Thank you. Okay, so Unju, let's start with you. You were born and raised in North Korea, weren't you? Yes, I was born in North Korea in 1986. Okay. Yeah, and I escaped North Korea the first time was 1999 during the huge famine. Right. Uh, after my father passed away, then I lived in, uh, in China for three years, and then I was repatriated to North Korea with my mom and my, with my older sister. How did that happen, that repatriation? Chinese police suddenly did meeting in middle night. Yep. Even they didn't turn the turn on the light. Wow. They just came and suddenly <laughs> knocked our door and you were just caught. Were you together with other North Korean refugees? Or was it just you and your mother? Uh, no, my, me and my mother and my older sister were together. Uh-huh. And actually, my mom... Uh, were sold to a Chinese man, so ah. we were at his house. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Chinese caught you and mm. they gave you back to North Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. Okay, and where actually, where were you born? Where did you live in North Korea? Uh, I was born in Hamgyong province. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your north part of North Korea. Yeah. Yep. Then was, uh, it Ham, was it Hamgyong North or Hamgyong South? Hamgyong North. Undok uh, city is really famous in South Korea with the other name, Aoji, which is coal, coal, coal mine it was there, is there. Then okay. many uh, South Korean soldiers after the Korean War, uh-huh. was, uh, North Korea regime sent them in that place. So that, was real, that's, that city is really famous in South Korea. Okay, yeah. right, for the coal mine and the prisoners of war. Okay, and then how did you come out of North Korea a second time? Actually, we were that person already. I mean, during the huge famine, mm-hmm. there were many people died because of starvation. Yeah. So if you disappeared for three years, 
from your CD, yep. then they will delete you. Ah, okay, uh, from the from records. The, yeah, yeah. Right. Then we uh, left our, our hometown for four years. Yeah. And then we were repatriated again. So we were not people who uh, exist in right. South Korea, North Korea. Officially, so. you yeah, were offic- non-people. Yeah, yeah. So we have to be present forever. In case, but oh, my older sister and I at that time was underage, uh-huh. so they can't make us they uh, stay in the jail forever. So it's a long story. Yes. That's, and anyway, that's kind of how we had more had one more chance to escape from North Korea. Uh, and when was that? It was 2002. 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you crossed the border again into China? Yeah, yeah. At the first time when we crossed the Tuman River, uh, we crossed the frozen Tuman River, and it was more than 100 meters. Mm -hmm. But second time, it was spring. uh, And we crossed the the, uh, Sangliu, the... Upstream? Yeah, the the narrow part oh, of I the Tuman River. Yep. So we just can cross without the, uh, any tool. We can just buy food, <laughs> could, could cross the You Tumal could walk river. through the river? Yeah, walk through the river. Wow, yeah. okay. Gosh, and then how did you come to South Korea? Uh, after that, we realized we can't live in South uh, in China forever yeah. as an illegal immigrant. Right. We don't know. Every moment, we have to worry about the po- Chinese police. Yeah. So when we escaped in North Korea, just because of food, but when we decided to come to Cor- South Korea, we wanted more freedom. Yeah. We wanted life as a human being. So that's why we came to South Korea. Okay, and did did you have to travel to Southeast Asia? Did you go through uh, uh, Laos or Thailand or something? Through Mongolia. Through Mongolia. Yeah, through okay. Gobi Desert. Wow, that's yeah. a very difficult journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw some people disappearing mm. there, and some people have to cut uh, their feet wow. because it's frost. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it, many bad things happening yeah. during the route. So after you, you, you left the second time in 2002, how long was that journey, uh, how long did it take to reach South Korea? Five years. Wow, that's a yeah. very long journey. Yeah, so totally I, I stayed in China for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first China. time and the yeah, second uh, time. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Wow, and eventually you came through Mongolia and made it to South Korea. Wow, that's amazing. And what have you done since coming to South Korea and what are you doing now? I thought I'm a smart girl <laughs> when I was mm-hmm. in North Korea. And then when I came to uh, China, I saw many uh, kids who's the same age with me goes to school. I was really ambidam. Then after we decided to come to South Korea, I w- had that wish is I want to go to school. Mm-hmm. Then I came to South Korea, I entered the school. Then it was really difficult. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I graduated high school and entered the university and I finished that. And now I'm taking uh, graduate school here in Korea University. And now I'm working with Ungu Lee at FSI. Yeah, and I I mentioned earlier that you are uh, doing a graduate degree in sociology focusing on North Korean women refugees. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about your research area. Because that sounds interesting. Oh, yes. Uh, as you know, more than 70% of North Korean refugees are women. Yeah. And they actually, many of them actually have kids and family in North Korea. Mm. And then they es- after they escaped North Korea in China, they married with Chinese men. Right. Even they wanted or not yep. wanted uh, because of the human trafficking. And then they have gave a birth in China. Right. Then they how they came to South Korea, they made a new family here. Of course, some of them, they just um, took their Chinese family or um, North Korean family to South Korea. Yeah. Uh, but there are some, many of them had uh, made a new family here in South Korea. So the North Korean women have to take care of, support the Chinese baby mm-hmm. in uh, Chinese, uh, uh, their kids in China yep. and of course in North Korea and in even in South Korea. So, H- How many women are we talking about? How many women have uh, children in all three countries? 
Uh, I don't know exactly how many of them data, because many of them hiding it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's not their fault, right. but they not really wanted to share about their uh, bad. E- in to them, it's bad experience. Yeah. So they don't want to share it. But there are many. I many of them. Uh, my mom's case, she don't have uh, any more any more kids in North Korea, mm-hmm. but. I have a younger brother in China now. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So we supporting sometimes we supporting them, sending him financially. Money. Yeah, financially. Okay, you, you sent some money. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But my is he, ma- is he living with his Chinese father? Yeah, but just a few months ago, his the his Chinese father passed away. Oh so dear. He's alone, mm. but he's uh, already adult. Okay. So we are not really. Um, much worry about him that yes. much worry about him but uh there are many other North Korean women have the having the similar situation mm. so uh even they had freedom yeah yeah and the way they came to South Korea the immigrant way it's by themselves yes it looks like a uh, North Korean woman had empower government mm-hmm. and empowering them the yep. route the way however when they uh, came to south korea their life it's not about woman empowerment ah. it's still woman yeah just struggling yeah the just struggling with uh, their life because they are women okay yeah, right yeah so i want to focusing on mm, the woman's life yeah the i, I mean uh the escaping it's not finished. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that sounds very interesting. Are you mm. going to write a book about that after you finish your research? <laughs> I wish I can do that, but I'm really having difficult time with writing mm-hmm. my thesis. Yeah, writing is, yeah, is yeah. indeed very difficult. Wow, yeah. well, thank you. Uh, do you prefer, uh, well, hang on, before I ask that, uh, how and where did you learn English? Actually, I started to learn English after I came to South Korea. Mm-hmm. I even done uh, when I twenty. I even didn't know about the ABC alphabet. Wow! Yeah, and then. So, in North Korea, do children in school learn about the alphabet? Yeah, yeah, yes. My older sister did. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But many of them at that time, still many of them choose Russian. Oh, I see. Not English. Yep. But as I know, as I heard, these days many North Korean uh, students choose English, ah, okay. not Russian. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's been a, a change. Yeah, in that yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you learned English here in South Korea? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you're doing very well. Oh, uh, do you prefer to call yourself uh, a refugee or a defector? or what? What's your, your label for people like you? Who are you? What are you? I'm in in South Korea. In South Korean, Talbukta okay. is more clearly shows my identity. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, who escaped from North Korea. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, and what do, when you speak English, what do you call yourself? As I know, defector is have some negative meaning. So when we studying and when we say, we just uh, say refuge, North Korean refuge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for telling a little bit about your story. Uh, Ungu, let's come to you now. Uh, how did you first become involved in helping North Korean refugees? Uh, for my case, as a South Korean, my founding, my belief is that the uh, unification. Mm-hmm. As a South Korean, I wanna, I'm a person who really believe we should have unification are, in North Korea. I, I, don't wanna, um, mm. I don't want you to reveal your age, but yeah. are you from that generation who grew up in the 1980s uh, right. fighting for unification <laughs> and you were uh, maybe demonstrating on the street for oh, unification? No, a, I, I mean, so I'm a more younger <laughs> generation. <laughs> okay. I was born in 1979. Okay. So it's actually the democra- democratization movement yeah. already kind of my older generation done. Right. I'm a more like a generation I think yep, yep, yep. so when you went to university Kim Yong-sam was president uh, 1990s yeah, yeah. no 1997 I was in the 1997 is my first ah okay uh, so it was the end of Kim Yong-sam yeah, and right. Kim Dae-jung yeah, okay, Kim so, Dae-jung. so that, that big sort of pro-unification movement was kind of finished by then yeah, wasn't it yeah. Okay. yeah so but I don't know why where they're from that the thought unification maybe I was born in very nearby Paju area, ah. between <laughs> very close. In Paju or yeah. near Paju? In Paju. Oh, I, I yeah. used, my first home in Korea was in Paju. Oh, really? They are in the countryside. 1996, 97. <laughs> oh, that is at the time really the countryside. It was, it yeah, was. Right, yeah, right, yeah. So 
actually my all education because I the the place where I live mm-hmm. I was born is always we are against North Korea yep, the, yep. the education right uh, but uh, always in my mind that how can we become a one country mm-hmm. uh, then. Actually, my the voucher degree is that the education, but the, I realized that I'm not a person be a teacher in Korea. Uh-huh. So I really think about the, my career, the, what should I do for my nation? Yeah. It's a big, big concept. Then I realized that I, I really want to contribute even small thing to become a one country between, yeah. uh, with North Korea. Then what should I do? What is the first step? Then I realized that I should study, learn about the, what is North Korea is. Yep. So I went to the graduate school for mm-hmm. study North Korean studies, and then oh, the I, one here in yeah. the, in Samcheongdong. Oh no, I'm in Iwha. Oh, you went to Iwha, okay. Yeah, so then I learned many things. Actually, I didn't know the North Korea system is a planned, <laughs> yeah. and then it's, uh, uh, but any many things I learned, but the main the main big thing I'm I'm really reality I. I learned the reality of North Korea is when I working at NKDB as a researcher right, for okay. publishing white paper of human rights. At the time, I met so many refugees yep. to hear the, their stories, especially North Korean human rights. Then I knew that the 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 the, the reality North Korean North Korea system is really terrible. Mm. When I said. so, is my starting point actually all the unification? How yes. can we become a one country? And then, then study about that, and working at the delete the organization, and also I working at the KDI that the Hangul Korea Development Institute. Oh, Korea Development Korea. Educational Korea Korean Educational Development Institute. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Maybe KEDI. Yeah, KEDI. Right. That for the North Korean uh, young people ah. to adjust the their the public school life. So. Right. So and that, that, that's difficult, right? Because North Korean young people who come yeah. to South Korea, they have a lot of difficulties right. fitting into the school. Right, right, They're right. usually older than their classmates. Oh, yeah. Oh, different right. experience. Wow, nice of knowledge. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so it's uh, actually South Korean government, especially Ministry of, Ministry of Education, yep. they really support that uh, well adjustment for yeah. young people in school. So I'm I kind of working all related to my career and then academic things relate to the North Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, then also I study Sheffield and the, the master degree, another master degree. So all related the old things that relate to the North Korean refugee or North Korean issue. Yep. But the, the starting point is unification. Unification, yeah, right. right. So how did you come to co-found the organization oh. Teach North Korean Refugees, wow. now called Freedom Speakers <laughs> International? Yeah, that time, actually, I don't have any plan, like uh, setting up the NGO in South Korea, but uh, I met Casey, Mr. Casey Lati, who right, is uh, he's my your, co- your other co-founder. Yeah, right, co-founder. Mm-hmm. That I met him at the North Korea, International North Korean Human Rights Conference. Uh-huh. That, that I'm just was a volunteer to helping foreigners. Uh, he is just one of the audiences to uh, the listen the the human rights issue. Mm-hmm. Then we just uh, talk that the just talking about the North Korean refugee North Korean issue as a common topic. Then later we just talk that how can we help practically? Yes. Because at the time I'm a researcher. Mm-hmm. I I I. I worked for helping those kind of refugees, but I couldn't see outcome. Uh, you know, is it the government working? But I don't know. Is it really yep. useful for North Korean refugee life? Yeah. But the, through the organization, I can meet refugees. I can listen the feedback directly. That that's why I can more get into being a co-founder of organization. And when was that? In which year was Teach to, North Korean uh, refugees founded? Is it the officially? Uh, is it the start as a volunteer 2013? Mm-hmm. But during that time, the Casey and I has a we have a job. Ah. Uh, as a, we start the volunteers. Yep. But uh, getting bigger and we need a more demand demand from mm-hmm. uh, volunteer side and North Korean refugee side. So we became officially organization in 2017, I think. Yeah. Okay. And why mm-hmm. did you change the name from Teach North Korean uh, Refugees to Freedom right, Speakers International? Yeah. The main thing is uh, actually COVID-19. Ah, <laughs> really? But yeah, before that, we really focusing on that uh, uh, tutoring individually. Yep. So, so far, I mean, 
Right, you would match uh, yeah. North Korean refugees with an English tutor right, one to and one. they would meet one-to-one right, in one person to one. Yeah, right. and teach. Yeah. Through that program, we are, have more than 500 North Korean refugees and more than 1,000 volunteers came wow. to us for help the, the, for the program. Yeah. But the, after got COVID, that uh, is it really the right way because uh, it's difficult to the in-person meeting and then mentoring is not easy for them. But the main advantage for North Korean refugees is one-to-one studying in person yeah. with the, na- the, the native speaker, most of them. Right. So we need to really think about that. How can we more focusing to making effectively yeah. to impart North Korean refugees? So then we then change the name to Freedom Speaker International and then focusing on that the speeches in English and then publication to share their stories. So so one of the main 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 reason, I mean impact, I mean the reason is that the I think COVID. <laughs> right. So yeah. if I understand correctly, so Freedom Speakers International is more um, capable of working in a in a hybrid online offline uh, space and and uh, the Teach North Korean refugees was more about just meeting offline, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but still the mentoring, speech mm-hmm. mentoring, we are still online. Yep. Uh, but the, you know, but the before T and K R that yes. the, we are we have no online. It's all the yeah. all the offline classes. But now is a we should adjust. Right. Uh, but there is a mentor. The tutoring is the main part. Uh, then more like we finding speech opportunity for North Korean refugees. Ah, even though okay. we have a speech contest yep. twice a year, and then yeah, telling story. The publications. Now, why do you think it's important to help North Korean people speak English and tell their stories uh, in English? I mean, there are so many things that North Koreans who come to live in South Korea, they have to learn. They have to uh, adjust to this South Korean Bali Bali society. They have to learn how to use a computer, how to drive a car, how to get a job, how to make money. Why is learning English a priority? Uh, my understanding is alone English for North Korean refugees that adjustment, um, I believe, because I hold that many cases that they're, they're, they say that uh, I need English because in South Korea lots of Konglish mm. here so when they came here what is a uh, for example computer cleaning <laughs> computer cleaning okay yeah, that, uh, that's still a mystery to me <laughs> right, right, right. when I first saw that sign I thought oh they clean your computer for oh, you right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so human here apartment mm-hmm. the banana bus or everything uh, not everything but most of we are using a Konglish in our yeah. life yeah so uh, I mean for Ye- yesterday I got an email from a client and they uh, mentioned uh, the word nizu Needs. <laughs> That's now, which, you know, from English, N E E D S, needs, and now they oh, use right. it in Korean, right, writing right, it in Hangul. Yeah. Needs. Instead yeah, of, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. of Pilyo or right, right, uh, something right, right. like that. What is your needs? Needs is what it's kind of general things we use. So for South Korean, uh, most of them, not, I mean, the learning English is uh, they promote their careers yeah. and will go to a better school. But my understanding for North Korean refugees learning English is that adjustment. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, which is really important because I mean, during the like, I mean, the communication or integration with South Koreans can understand their language and is quite difficult. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so tell me about people, yeah, yeah. Why did you want to learn English? <laughs> I mean, many people thinks that we speak Korean, uh. so language may have no any problem but uh, i mean during the communication may have no any problem right but we because do north have korea and south korea have the korean same language, language. Yeah. yeah yeah but we do really have many problem when we communicate because of language yep. as as she said that maybe because some uh, congress then also we use different vocabulary yeah. um, uh, North Korea and South Korea because of that people feel strange mm-hmm. what you are talking about yeah even it's Korean right. yeah yeah we can't communicate and I will talk you a simple example about the importance of English okay for example my one of my curry friends I, I mean a uh, college friend mm-hmm. he uh, uh, at the first year in in college the professor asked every student to write a paper of a uh, report, 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 and but he didn't understand about the report. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> then uh, uh, the D day, uh, teacher, uh, uh, professor asked, "Why did you don't send? Why don't you send me the report?" Mm. And they say, "What's report?" 
<laughs> so what I, what would be the word in North Korean for that? Would be a, would that be a bogosa or a? Uh, uh, maybe bogosa, kanzo, maybe bogosa or I don't know. I never entered the college ah. even <laughs> I was in North Korea. Right. But anyway, just simple. It looks really simple thing, but to us, we have to figure out by ourselves if we don't understand that, right. and then easily skip it because I we didn't get it. Yep. 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 <laughs> Wow. Okay. And so that's why you wanted to learn English was to help you in South Korea. Kind of. But these days, I want to communicate with the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that and that coming back to you, Ungu, that's what uh, Freedom Speakers International yeah. does, right? So it, as you said, it, it helps uh, your organization, helps North Koreans, helps to find speaking opportunities in international forums right. for North Koreans. Yeah, right. Yeah. For the, the global public right yeah, so and you've helped 500 north koreans with their english so in the last yeah. uh, almost the, 10 years yeah that is yeah almost 10 years but not everyone ready yeah uh, not ready to be be uh to be a public speaker so right. yeah as you know that yep. they should consider many things yeah family in north korea yeah. and even though their identity rebuild mm-hmm. identity in south korea so now is uh, we are more like a working directly like a authority who want to be a public speaker, uh, then I can see that through the speech opportunity and giving a speech by North Korean refugees in English mm-hmm. is that also empowering them because ah, through yes. that they gain confidence because I did. Yep. They give a speech to the uh, in English yes. to the global society. Then also through that, I can see that they're growing, that they get more responsibility right. to talk about the reality of North Korea to the people. So uh, it's a great thing, I think, and uh, we are happy to work with them. And I understand that your organization has also published two books. Right, yes. What are the titles? Uh, one book is A Green Night to Freedom, written by Song Mi and Casey Rati. Mm-hmm. They are co-authors. And the other book is uh, uh, my... My father's North Korean story, uh, North Korea, North Korea story, Walk to Freedom, okay. written by Bong Han and then Won Che Han. That uh, they are, I mean, Bong Han is the daughter of the Won Che Han. Right. So yeah, two books we so far we published. Okay, uh, and Unju, you've also written a book, but it wasn't published by uh, FSI. No, is that right? no, <laughs> uh-huh. no. It's uh, yeah, it's published by Michel Lafont in France. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Maybe your next book. Uh, you maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's a great. Okay, and that and that's the story of of how you escaped from North Korea and came to South Korea. Is that right? That's the. Yeah, yeah. The, the book? book is about my experience from North and through China and South Korea. And the book starts with uh, my will that I wrote when I was 11 in North Korea after six days get, have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so it starts with a what story? Uh, uh, what did you write? Actually, my mom left home with my other sister. Yep. She, was, she said that she would come back in three days. <sighs> and she just left me, gave me 15 won, oh, yes. 15 Korean won, which is only can buy a piece of tofu. Uh-huh. Tofu. And, yeah, tofu. And then I had it just in one hour. Then I started waiting. My mom and my older sister came back, but until the six days, yeah. they didn't come. Wow. And I had nothing. So at that time, I saw many people, I saw so many people die yeah. because of starvation. So I never be afraid of death, really. Mm. At that time, I was 11, but I do really uh, feel bad with the death feeling that I was even abandoned by my mother. Right. Yeah. Wow. So I wrote, I feel like I'm going to die. Why, I, mom, don't you come back? Or ah. something, that kinds of things. You wrote a last letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Last letter to my mom. Okay. Uh, Ungu, coming back to you. So in the last 20 years, there have been many, many different books that have been published telling the stories of North Korean refugees. It's almost impossible to read all of them. Is each story different and I'm unique sure. in some I'm way? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, I didn't read all of the refugee books, but uh, I'm sure each refugee story is valuable, worthy to read because all of the different experience in North Korea and uh, and. Most of them, they miss their late neighbor, neighbors and then families, definitely. But uh, uh, they kind of, because of regime, they got the trauma mm-hmm. that uh, no freedom life in North Korea. So, uh, I mean, some people say that 
I mean, is it uh, similar stories or they're always talking about terrible experience? But I don't believe. Is it uh, each author has uh, their own stories? And right. You should know about that. Mm. Now, some people are uh, skeptical about the accuracy of refugee stories. Do you believe that the stories are generally reliable and truthful? <laughs> okay. Of course, but uh, I think. How about the thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I, yeah. I, as a, speaking, yeah, yeah, as a North Korean as refugee. As an author, mm-hmm. my story is one hundred percent is true. I didn't lie anything, mm-hmm. but I had hide something because so some you, stories. So you didn't tell everything. Yes, right. that's right. Yeah. Uh, and at, so uh, that's why I feel sorry to my co-author mm-hmm. Sebastian Faludi, because ah, Sebastian, hi Sebastian, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> at that time I feel like I wasn't ready to share every my story because some experience was really hurts me and mm. hurts my family right. at the time. So yeah, that's why I couldn't tell all my experiences through my book. But uh, yeah, people ask us. Uh, we, uh, the, I mean, North Korean refugees' uh, testimony or books mm-hmm. ha- sometimes having issue. I mean, in bad way, as you asked. Yeah. But I want to say, we all had different life. Yeah. No one can judge others' experience. Yeah. And in my experience, I read some of their books. Uh, I don't know if it's a lie or not, but it really happens in North Korea, mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Now, are North Korean refugee stories always sad and depressing, or is, can people gain hope and inspiration from them? Yeah, either of you, <laughs> whoever wants to say first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I mean, even for me, whenever I hear that the, our speakers' stories, yeah. that I always that appreciate the, where I was born, mm. and then I already got the... A freedom, then yeah. I can choose what I want. But so more like I appreciate current my life mm-hmm. when I hear the North Korean refugee stories. So, uh, and then they are uh, when they talking about that, they whatever their story, they they will conclude on that uh, freedom. We should protect freedom, uh, appreciate freedom, and then uh, the your life in here, freedom society. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Is it uh, inspire and all of different stories? And uh, it's not not always beautiful, but the, through mm-hmm. that stories we can learn and inspire from them. So yeah, I'm sure. And do you get inspiration from other North Korean refugee stories? Oh yes, just a few days ago, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, which the book which we uh, FSI published, Han Song Mi's book. Yeah. Actually, my book it's real, my English is a little difficult to me to read. Yeah. But her book is was really easy to read. Ah. Uh, yeah, I could get every sentence deeply. So I was crying yep. when I reading her book. And as a refugee, it reminds me other North Korean girls, um, students in North Korea. Right. My, for example, my friends who have no freedom there. Yeah. So it makes me to work more hard. Yes. Uh, and of course, and other way, uh, among the refugees, they never share about their experience. Among our, we are how even how close we are. Yeah. Yeah. Best even be among why, best why friends. Why is that? I don't know. It's. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but we, we don't. But through our book, yeah. I mean, some of my friends also, I did never tell them, but they after they reading my book, say, oh, 우리 운주, <laughs> my friends, mm-hmm. you had so difficult time, something in that way, we could understand each other too. So uh, some North Korean refugees make misunderstanding about their, uh, I mean, uh, North Korea. Yeah. They think, what they experienced is North Korea. Then others say other other refugees say something other thing. They will say that they are lying because mm. they didn't experience. It. Right. But North Korea is a, is a, like a, a really how to say and it depends on your uh, background yep. and depends on your city mm-hmm. and depends on your age. Yeah. And it, every ex- uh, everyone could experience in different way of North Korea. Right. So through others' book, we also can learn about new North Korean that we didn't experience. Mm, okay, uh, yeah. I just uh, re- re- remind that mm-hmm. we, we just had a speech contest yes. February 25th and then Song Mi and Unju, they sit together and then there's a speech contest. Ah, so yes. we are 
eight students uh, joined the speech contest as a uh, uh, contestant. And then during the speech contest, then Song Mi and Eun Ju are holding her hands. Uh. And then they uh, cried yeah. when they heard the other, other when they heard the other stories. Yeah. So, yeah, is it uh, inspire each other? Because all different stories, yeah. So these two books that you mentioned that FSI has published, can people order them through the uh, FSI uh, website? Amazon, Amazon. Amazon.com or Amazon.uk. Okay. Amazon, yeah. But they can find the titles at, at your website yeah. and then go and yeah, buy right, them on, sure. on Amazon. Yeah, right, okay, sure. Our website in publications, yeah. you can check out our books. FSI21.org. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Unju, what's your role at FSI? What do you And how long have you been there? Uh, yeah, I started working at FSI from... Last year. Ten, ten months ago. Okay. Yeah, your last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Middle of last year. Then we only have five member of. <laughs> wow, of the co- team. Two yeah. co-founder and two more workers. Right. So it's like a family office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing everything here. <laughs> wow. Cleaning yeah. <laughs> from cleaning, but uh, I'm really happy to working here. I mean, uh. Not because it's a small as a refugee, mm-hmm. uh, I can give my own idea and experience when we are uh, uh, applying a project or program. Also, I could have a chance to programming a, p- a project by myself. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really enjoying working here, and yeah, uh, I can test my I don't know ability, mm-hmm. or uh, also I can have a uh, more direct chance to help other refugees here. So I'm mm. really... So actually, we have known Unju 2015, 14, yeah, 14 something, 14. 14, 14. Yeah, yeah, 14. Yeah. And then she was a student, uh, uh, <laughs> but she was a winner of our speech contest. Right. Third speech contest. <laughs> and so we had a tutoring program or a speech program or a career development program. Every program she always joined. So ah. actually, we have been long relationship with her. Right. Then we have a one position. Yep. We, we want to actually hire North Korean refugees as a work the staff. Mm. Then at the time also, we're looking for jobs. So oh, yeah. we are kind of great time. So we Good work timing, together. Yeah. 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 And what do you hope to do in the future, Unju? In the future, uh, actually, my really uh, long future the future dream is becoming a farmer. Ah. <laughs> I do really like a village. Uh, so, but uh, I do. I will try to keep work for North Korean human rights until North Korean people having the same life, enjoy the same freedom like me. So I believe I will in this field, mm-hmm. maybe in FSI for ten after ten years. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I believe after ten years, mm-hmm. I will. I might take more bigger role to help North Korean refugees and work for uh, improving North Korean human rights situation. Well, that's great. You've got some big ambitions. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Not just at FSI, but also farming. Uh, yeah. right. I didn't know. <laughs> See, now we're learning about each other. Um, yeah. So, uh, you're, you're the co-founder, the co-president of, uh, of FSI, and you've also got uh, another co-founder and co-president that's... Uh, Casey Lartigue, who uh, uh, not on the show with us today, but tell us a little bit about what he does in the organization. Uh, What's his role? Yeah, uh, actually, he's a great achievement for empowering North Korean refugees. First, uh, his uh, main role is a mentor mm-hmm. for North Korean refugees, especially when North Korean refugees give a speech, and he really helping that not not change the script or not adding uh, his idea, more like a guy that how can give a great speech yes. to the global. Uh, public the global the global uh, the public, so uh, he's a great great mentor with the North Korean refugees, uh, students and also he also inspires South Koreans I believe mm. because I mean it's just South Korean yeah. I mean I think I believe we should more care of North Korean refugees in this society or embrace them yeah. but the South Korean actually inspires. By him because even as a foreigner, yep. he helping North Korean refugee in here, so he give also inspiration to South Korean as well. It's great, and he's a is more he's more like a very passionate mm-hmm. and then dedicated dedication yeah. uh, for this work. So I have been working with him ten years, and also he's a kind of creative. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, he's a creator, and uh, he always thinking it that how can making a more effective yes. than how North Korean refugee can more comfortable to give a speech, which is not easy for North Korean refugees. So, uh, yeah, I mean it's a great achievement. I th- I'm happy with him. Good, good. Do you want to add any, any comments, Anju? <laughs> oh, he's more like Azasi in office. Uh-huh. Oh, you know Azasi, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So he's my boss. Mm-hmm. Is, is, but in the other way, he's like friends. Mm. And yeah, so I believe other North Korean students and refugees, when they visit office, they feel comfortable comfortable to communicate with him yep. and talking with him. Yes, smiley. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. in that way, he's mentor and leader and friend yeah. and everything. Mm. <laughs> Great. Hello, Casey, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, Ungu, why do you think people in South Korea are not very, mm. very interested or passionate in North Korea? I mean, you right. are. You're yeah. obviously, but you're a special case. Right, what right. about the rest of South Koreans? Oh, I'm, I mean, uh, I mean, South Korea is kind of sad for me. I mean, I don't know, but I think one is that still, because we, I mean, we know we mm-hmm. need a unification, but the, through the education, actually, we didn't uh, teach much about that, how much we necessary of unification, more like a North Korea's enemy. Uh, so through the education, yep. also South Korea is brainwashed yeah. Yeah, by the government. Also, I think also the... Uh, media is also more focusing on that uh, nuclear weapon mm. and more like a regime rather than the North Korean people. Yep. So the image of North Korea is kind of negative mm. for Koreans. So mm. maybe South Koreans, yeah, I mean, it's close to North Korea unification is really useful for us or making an advantage or benefit for yep. us. So uh, I think education and media is kind of... <laughs> influence on the South Koreans and those young people I mean you know I mean it's very basic I mean many people knows that they are more focusing on that that they are alive rather than the countries so many things happen have you seen more people become interested in North Korean refugees and their problems unfortunately not I think yeah and statistically I mean they're showing that the uh, younger generation mm-hmm. less interesting in the unification we can see yeah right. and I mean, one is the interesting question I remember that the uh, young South Koreans you want to marry North Korean refugees mm-hmm. North Koreans they say no most mm-hmm. of the negative way and then it's okay North Koreans be a neighbors in a your, neighboring yeah, country yeah, a separate but, country yeah. right. so it's all statistics says that actually negative way for mm-hmm. the unifications young people so I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. in school, yeah. yes. I was in high school in South Korea. They have some edu- they educate students about unification, but the unification is so bright, not real. Mm. So it's like a fantasy, yeah, sort yeah, of a romantic uh, in, idea. Yeah. So in in the unification class or lecture, ask a student to draw the Korean Peninsula with some flowers mm-hmm. and some flags. Yeah. But they never teach us the, about the real image of North Korea, mm. the reality. So the educa- unification education is far from the reality. So yeah. they, when they grow up, they can't match the unification and the North Korea e- together. So it has big difference and big gaps. So it never uh, make them to think about North Korea or yeah, real unification mm. or peace. Gosh. Now, uh, is is Freedom Speakers International, is it a political organization? Do you have political aims regarding North Korea? No way. <laughs> no way. I'm really be careful or get, avoid that mm-hmm. political and then religious as well because we are purely one important North Korean refugee not, not related to the political issue or religious. And it, that is also make that North Korean refugee uncomfortable mm-hmm. because in, in, as you know, in South Korea, I mean, we are North Korean refugees more like not using, but it's kind of relevant with the political issue whenever, yeah, yeah between uh, the tension between North and South. So oh, we don't want to get involved at all. Mm. Uh, how can people who live in, uh, in South Korea become involved in helping your work? Please call us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome South Koreans. And then we are, uh, as a South Korea, we want them to uh, expand our networking 
in South Korean society because we are located in South Korea, yep. but we cannot cover everyone. So right. word of mouth introduce what we are doing to other South Koreans and they can come to us and we can talk together, how right. to work together. Yeah. Okay, so visit your website, fsi21.org. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And what about people living outside Korea? Uh, how can they help? Yeah, so actually we have uh, some the mentoring program right now that uh, then also we have speech contest, especially their mentor from the all over the world, especially the USA. Uh, so they can be a mentor, they mm-hmm. can apply, be okay. a mentor, and then also they can be a donor with us so yeah check up our website and yep. then they also can invite us yeah. as a speaker ah right yeah. to give those opportunities yeah. yes so tell us about that you mentioned donors there tell us about uh, money where does most of your money oh. come from at the moment <laughs> yeah we uh so far we rely on the individual donors mm-hmm. and company donors but thankfully we became a uh, highest status in South Korea as an uh, organization we call Pubin. Uh-huh. So that status we can give we uh, give a tax deduction for company as uh-huh. well. Yeah, before that we only give a tax deduction to individual, but now we can give a tax deduction to company. So we can do more broader and then more reach out to more companies and individuals. So please support us and we are uh, donations, eleven donations. Okay. Are you getting any money from the CIA? <laughs> Do you know about that? Could you <laughs> let, let me know? <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's something that people always say, oh, you know, the, the CIA wants to bring about regime change in North Korea, so oh. they're funding all these different refugees. Oh, really? Groups. But not us, I think. We are too naive, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, now, coming back to Unju, as a, as a former North Korean, was it difficult for you in the beginning to work with and to trust uh, an American, Casey, or other mentors after what you had learned about Americans in North Korea as, you know, <laughs> evil imperialist people. Uh, yes. Actually, when I was in North Korea, our enemy is, uh, I'm, oh, I, of course, the US, American yeah. uh, has big nose right. and green eyes, yep. yellow hair. Mm. That was American image. I didn't know there is African-American. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, anyway. But, Oh, after I came to South Korea, I met many volunteers. Yes. Even I mean the 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 college students who volunteering through the NGOs. Not at that time, not FSI, but uh, through them I could have more chance to meet foreigners too. Mm-hmm. And if you go home there or wherever, yep. you can see many foreigners there. So it was um, that uh, strange or uncomfortable or any other uh, new thing to me to mean mean foreigners yeah so mr casey also not uh really uh as i said he's like Azasi, right old man so uh-huh. <laughs> comfortable like an uncle uh, uncle like uncle so yeah so i mean some refugee when they came to us that they, they said that it's the first time i met ah, casey yes. uh, as a foreigner yeah, uh, yeah. but they are all the brainwashed the mm. americans the bastard but yes. the, he was smiling. Any help? <laughs> Can I help? Mm-hmm. Something. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they changed. And then now, is uh, I think USA is the most country they want to go ah, visit, yeah. I think, because I asked them why the powerful country in mm-hmm. the world. So, ah. uh, so, yeah, I mean, they very much the, the negative of the USA, but yeah. when they came here, I mean, actually, so beautiful people from the USA. So, now, I have read and, and heard that uh, some North Koreans find life in South Korea to be so difficult uh, that some of them want to go and live permanently in another country, for example, mm-hmm. in America uh, or in Great Britain or even in Australia. Is that something that you hear? Is that why some uh, of the refugees want to learn English to get ready to move overseas? Uh, I think because of the Korean society problem. Mm. <laughs> I think they feel like discrimination, yeah. even if... The North Korean refugee believe they are South Korean citizens part of, but yeah. the South Koreans still did embrace them as uh, uh, neighbors and right. South Koreans. So uh, even the South Korean knew that, oh, you are from North Korea, then get no questions, mm-hmm. and then later then uh, not interesting in and more like investigate. So it feel like a little the uncomfortable making North Korean refugees to live here. So I think mainly it's a discrimination because in the USA or other country, I mean, they are just one of refugees. Right. Yeah, not from North Korea. So not labeling. Mm. So I think 
one of the main reasons. Also, some of them, I'm mean, really, they have ambitious. Mm-hmm. So they want to achieve their life yeah. in other country because they can speak English. Mm. So variety of reason, but uh, some of the reason I think definitely related to discrimination mm-hmm. here. And what about you, Unju? Do you plan to stay in South Korea or do you want to go and live somewhere else? If I have, have if I have chance to live in other country, I will try mm-hmm. uh, to experience uh, for my variety life. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but not ad- because of other purpose. Right. Uh, yeah, not because I hate South Korea or right. things. But I believe uh, at the first time you came to South Korea, at the first day we adjusting here, we just like a baby who's learning step by step. Right. So need someone help, and but as Unguli says. Uh, there are some discrimination and uh, labeling us as a stranger, yeah. uh, not just like an immigrant stranger anyway. Yeah. So that's why some of them decide to go to other place mm-hmm. to ha- to try to new life or better life. Uh, Right. As she said, that to be just one of them, not special. Just one. normal right. people. To yeah, be a yeah. normal person. Yeah, just normal right. people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's difficult for South Koreans to forget that you are from North Korea, right? They, if they hear your accent or if they mm. ask about your life, uh. and they say, "Okay, she's North Korean," that's you're always going to be North Korean. Mm. Mm. That's right. right. Mm. Uh, so, Ungu, where do you hope that Freedom Speakers International will be ten years from now? Oh, uh, my hope! I really want unification mm-hmm. <laughs> within ten years. Then. Is a uh, in the is a uh, my assumption is unification after ten years. Then I really want to bring FSI to North Korea. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I want to empower North Koreans, uh, living right now uh, uh-huh. in in the country. Then yeah, I I want I hope they should get the freedom. Mm, they should be a better life. Yeah, so. FSI should go into North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> right. Huh? I'm not dreaming to be uh, unification. Mm-hmm. I just hope North Korean people could have the same life as South Korean. Right. Uh, not, I mean, maybe we have just two different countries, be- stays as two different countries, but if just North Korean, if just my North Korean friends in North Korea have the same life like me, then I'm satisfied with uh, that my goal is not unification. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. easy. Yeah, it's true. Okay, well, that's great. Thank you very much, Ungu Lee and Unju Kim from Freedom Speakers International for coming on the podcast today. It was very nice to talk to you both. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. And our <laughs> listeners, you can find Freedom Speakers International online by going to the website FSI21, that's FSI21.org. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of today's episode. If you already have an NK News account and if you're a think tank, business or academic institution, take a look at NK Pro. Our NK Pro platform offers unparalleled services specifically catering to the needs of professionals who monitor developments on the Korean Peninsula. You can inquire about access or a free trial membership by sending an email to membership at nknews.org today. Our thanks as always go to Brian Betts and Arias Dare for facilitating this episode and to our post-recording producer genius, Gabby Magnuson, who cuts out all the extraneous noises, awkward silences, bodily functions, etc. Thank you very much, and listen again next time.